Hello, Hunters, and welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Fictional Character Podcast. I am your host, Matt Altamato, and as always, it's my amazing co-host, the super zany, fun, bewildered Christian Humes. Well, Matt, I'm really excited to be here today. Oh, oh, oh boy, do we got a show for you all today. Are you you had a little bit. Do you ever watch um, What Would You Do? Yeah. What then? Yeah, then, I feel like what? you sounded a little bit like that what voice. You do? Oh yeah. Yeah. Go oh. on down to the wall. Come on down to <laughs> the wall. Let's see if you get a pie in the face. <laughs> what a weird show, man. Yeah, a really weird show. What was the concept of that game show? I mean, you would have to do a series of different like obstacle like, things, and then yeah. at the end, almost like in Price is Right, how you go up to the wheel. Right. On this, you would go up to the wall, and you would select a number, and you'd have. Like it might be a gift or like a punishment, like the pie coaster. And half of it was like in studio, and half was in like Universal Studios. Yeah, like in the park. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. It was weird. weird. Maybe we should have an ultimate fiction, ultimate game show host. host I mean, that could be a um a between season episode. That'd be fun. Like we did between season one and two, or did the worst fictional character. We could do the ultimate game show host. Dude, there's so many. Summer Sanders. Yeah, Mark Summers. Ultimate uh, game show host with a name, with with a seasonal name. There's got to be some some woman out there who is a host with the name Autumn. Yeah, right. That's definitely. Right. There's probably like a Winter, like some dude with the last name Winter. Or Summer something. Sanders. She was an Olympic winner, right? Yes, and then she hosted Figure It Out. Yeah, on Nickelodeon. Yeah, that's yes. a man. They pimped out the N64 on Figure It Out. Anyways, guys, yeah. what are we here to talk? We can talk about 90s nostalgia as much as we want, but we're going to talk about it in I mean, a different it's way. On, it's on brand almost. Like it's, yeah. on, it's very on brand for this episode. Yeah. So Didn't that, that show did get me onto N64s though, like really like harder than anything else, you know? Not not harder than Goldeneye? I mean like I really wanted it because I watch the show every day. Anyways. Oh, okay. Uh, and they would always give away N64. Uh, guys, this is the U- UFC podcast. For those of you who don't know, we are on the hunt to find the ultimate fictional character. This is our final division, Division 4, Episode 1 of Season 2. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And we're here. We're, and then we're going to the finals. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, I mean, uh, for us, it, it doesn't feel as huge of a ramp as it normally does because we had to record a couple remotely. But now that we're back yeah. in studio, Much aka my apartment, uh, we're going to knock this out. Who do we have first? Let's just jump in. Yeah, we got. we're going to spend some time on this, guys. So let's get into this. First up, are you ready, Christian? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. Oh! It's SpongeBob. <laughs> I wasn't sure how far you were going to go with that, Matt. <laughs> I was going to let you take it to a, a, the extreme if you wanted. I wanted to avoid the copyright, so I think I, I think we could stop there. They right? don't have they don't <laughs> they don't have content ID on podcasts. That's so true. That's very true. Christian, SpongeBob SquarePants, the, the adorable fry cook who's always trying to get his driver's license and an excellent jellyfisher, excellent qualities, great friend, great neighbor. Uh who's great he going driver. up against? Who's he going up against? Yeah, great driver. Yeah. I mean no, no, no. <laughs> He is uh going up against Stanley Ipkiss. From The Mask. From The Mask. Heck yeah. He didn't have a theme song. Stan- I, I can't remember the 90s theme song that, for the cartoon. Stanley Ipkiss is a name that you might not remember, but you definitely remember... Smoking. Somebody stop me. <laughs> yes. Were those the only two? Like, were those the two things? He would say, smoking and somebody stop me? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, dangerously cheesy. 
No, there was. Wait, no, that was that was Chester. Yeah, Cheetah. that was Chester Cheeto. <laughs> he sort of is like a Chester Cheeto-y character. He is, man. Um, now, besides just the movies, which are there two movies? There's a Mask Two, right? Yeah, but it's not Stanley Ipkiss. It's someone else, right? But there is it's a like cartoon. The son of the Mask. He uh, Stanley Ipkiss is the character in the cartoon. He's the, yeah, in the cartoon, which in the cartoon is much better. Um, but Stanley was a bank clerk. That's he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was a banker. He's just like a regular dude who something magical happened to him. You know, it's like the ultimate, you know, fantasy power trip that everyone wants to be pulled out of their mundane life and be brought on some crazy journey. And his was brought on by the mask of the God of mischief, Loki himself, the Loki mask. Yeah. When you place it on your face, you're sort of, you don't necessarily actually become someone different, but you you do transform. It brings out, I think, because like, doesn't it bring out your true who you truly are or something or like the wild it brings out something in you does yes. that make sense because remember when the bad guy puts it on and he's just like i'm the evil mask because i'm evil you know because his intention was to be evil but like stanley Ipkiss, i feel like he wanted to just blend in and he just wanted to impress cameron diaz in that movie uh so it brought out like this really fun side of him now the thing about it though is it actually gives you magical powers it does so like first of all suddenly his all it's like going super saiyan. and like his like his clothes change too. Like the whole thing is so it's like weird. a yellow zoot suit. Yeah, you know. Um, but then he can like transmognify, transmagnify. I don't know, transfigure. He can like large marge himself. It's like, yeah. you know, like but he can transmute objects, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like he turns the balloon into a Tommy gun. Yeah, he like he moves his whole body around like a cartoon character. It's like he does become like super resilient and strong as well. He does. He get he has and dexterous. Wait, is Stanley Ipkiss a superhero? Uh, I don't know if he's a superhero. I mean, he does stop mafia guys, you know. But like, and he's using like Loki magic. Who was in the cartoon? He's using Asgardian magic. <laughs> See, I, I feel like in the movie it was more circumstantial. If you look at the cartoon, uh huh, it, it's almost like he he is super because like he does it as like a he thinks he has to save the. Day. I have no idea. I don't remember the cartoon, but I ima- I imagine. If you were to do a cartoon, the character Stanley Ipkiss was in Mad do a Peter Parker, a great power comes great responsibility kind of a thing, and and like that's why he dons the mask, right? Right. So he's like always like fighting bad guys and stuff. I remember like this redhead reporter too in that. I don't remember what her deal was. Yeah, and then obviously his dog. His dog wears the mask at some point. Yeah, yeah. So. Is the mask its own character? Well, that's the thing. It's like it's almost like you're possessed by the mask. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's a trip. So we got to compare this guy to SpongeBob. That's gonna be a tough. This is an uphill battle, right? We've it's had, gonna be a tough fight for him. We've had some so many big characters this season. This is another uphill battle. So, um, you know, of all the things Stanley Ipkiss could probably dominate SpongeBob in, it's gonna be a fight. Yeah. Right. But it, it's, I, you would think so. Okay. But about it. SpongeBob can't get hurt in a in a fist fight. You know what I'm saying? You could take him out of the water, dry him up. Oh, him that's a good point. Yeah. So that in that case, yes. But if it was a fist fight, SpongeBob, it, it tickles him. Yeah. When he gets punched, he gets tickles. When he fights a uh, flat flad. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sp- look, SpongeBob's had taken a beat down in many an episode. Yeah. But he's not. He's not a fighter. He's not. In okay, best case scenario, fight circumstances in SpongeBob's universe. He would at least be able to bring it to a stalemate. Yeah. But in a cage match or in Stanley's universe, SpongeBob loses. So, it, oh, I mean, like, in Stanley's universe, he's literally a real, 
like, yeah. Like a life. He's a sea sponge. A real life sponge. Yeah. He just like when they come He's out of the water sponge. and they're like they're like actual. Like, you know, though, of all the of all the like IRL movie universes, a character like SpongeBob being an actual like talking sponge would work in the mask universe because Jim Carrey becomes almost like a cartoon character. Yeah. So like the idea of a cartoon character becoming kind of real would also work. Yeah. Uh, but no, SpongeBob would get stomped by Stanley Ipkiss. But like, I mean, come on. As much as people know those two catchphrases smoking and somebody stop me yeah unless yeah bring it around town and you know the crafty crab pizza is the pizza you and me <laughs> i mean also just the theme song yeah crabby yeah. patties i mean just spongebob is also such a meme yeah today he's so prolific of a character um there's no way in which you could argue that spongebob is not more important culturally than stanley right? Ipkiss, right I think I honestly think SpongeBob is like the Bugs Bunny of our gener of like the uh, I would say our generation. Oh, interesting. I think so. And he's still they're still making new shows and like SpongeBob I think redefined Nicktoons, man. Yeah, he's definitely up there as the Bugs Bunny. I feel like we had someone last season that we also said was like the Bugs Bunny of our generation. I can't remember offhand who it is, but I feel like yeah. we've run into that before. There are very few of them. Yes. There are very few. So SpongeBob, I mean, from a cultural touchstone point, he's he's gonna stomp Stanley. Um, where do you want to take this next? What do you think? What do you think? Because we're really just trying to argue against SpongeBob for this fight. I know, right? Like, man, like SpongeBob's a good cook. He's, he's an the amazing best. cook. He's an amazing cook. Okay, wait. Who's funnier? Not Stanley Ipkiss. No way. No, no way. way. SpongeBob is so much funnier. And like, I feel like sometimes we don't even need to go through all of them. Because if you think about it, right? Yeah. Both of these characters are comedies. Mm -hmm. One's a cartoon. One is like a comedy movie. Which one is funnier? It's like almost like really the deciding thing between these two characters. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and when he comes to Stanley Ipkiss and the mask, like the mask is funny. Stanley Ipkiss is kind of a dud, man. Oh, that's a good point. You know? Like, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And he sort of, sends it away. like he's like i don't need the mask anymore like by that's the time right. it's that's done how it, that's how it that's how it ends yeah well because like the idea is that the mask helped him grow as a person and bring out uh you know like his inner self and his own confidence and but then it's like okay but you're not like interesting anymore which is fine because again like we don't want to run into the point where it's like well you if the character's only in one piece of media then they can't win but like what does he do so much? He just goes from being a mundane person to being a mundane person who has confidence. Yeah, that's exactly that's all it is. Yeah, he's just I, such a he's so boring. He's very bland. Yeah, he's no he's no Krabby Patty. He doesn't deserve Cameron Diaz no. in that movie, dude. No, we should save the 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 remaining time from this fight for. I think so. I think we got. I'm sorry for what's coming. Yeah. Well, it looks like somebody stopped him. Yeah, Christian. Because Stanley yeah. Ipkiss is no longer. A part of this round. That's He's right, baby. He got a taste of that SpongeBob karate. <laughs> you know? Dang. Well, that was a quick one, but that makes sense to me. It's got I, There's nothing else we could say about him, I don't think. You know? Like, anyways, moving on, because it's going to get real hard. Uh, next up, guys. Oh, wow. Okay, Ethan Hunt. Yeah. Ethan Hunt, man. Yeah. All right, so um, Ethan Hunt is main character from the Mission Impossible series, something that... Uh, 
gosh, I can't. I haven't seen the first one in so long. Same. And I remember the second one being bad, but then the third movie third is pretty one. great. It's got J.J. Abrams, and mm-hmm. then that fourth movie goes Protocol. Oh, baby! One of the few movies that I've seen. Maybe like I saw it in theaters like three times. Yeah, I loved it. It's got some of the best sound design. Yeah. It's got like one of the best uh, like arcs for his character. It's got some of the best action, the set pieces, uh, and then five and six. I mean, man, dude, they're fan. They're I think those are like the staple action. Like people will be studying those movies in film. I think. Yeah, especially I think four. Four is like where they really like found who. Ethan Hunt and what that world was. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and Ethan Hunt's gonna, is gonna have a, you know, have a hard time against this next guy. Maybe an impossible mission. It may be an impossible <laughs> mission. You might have to eat some shorts. We got Bart Simpson from The Simpsons, who is like the OG cool kid troublemaker. Like man, growing up, Bart was like he skateboarded. He was funny. You know he. He was the cool kid in class, but he also was like best friends with like a nerd. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, he's he's the proto Philip J. Fry. Because yeah. Like Fry is basically if Bart got older and then went to the future. Yeah. That's what that character is. Because Bart is a dumb character. He's stupid. All the yeah, I would say like most of the Simpsons are dumb except for Lisa. Lisa, yeah. And Maggie. Is Maggie smart? She becomes a. Uh... She's an attempted murderer. I know that. Yeah, she is. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so two, two decades spoiler here for you. I don't even know how to start this because because another person who's like done a lot of stuff is Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson mm-hmm. is another one. You can probably talk about forever all the things that he's done. Well, we're going to have to between him and SpongeBob yeah. because I don't know how Ethan's going to get out of this. Uh, but but we have to go through it because we I didn't think Batman was going to lose either. That's true. So And I think there's a big flaw for Bart. I think there's a huge flaw for Bart actually. Yeah, I think so I too. I wonder if we're thinking about the same one. Please tell me what you're thinking about. He's still dumb and doesn't learn. He doesn't learn from his mistakes. And he's still 10. And he's still 10. Right, he's 10, right? Am I am I correct in saying 10 years old? I feel like that is the correct age. I could be wrong. I think that's right. Um Wow, I just realized Bart Simpson's supposed to be like the same age as me, I guess. Well, well, like as a character. This this came out Simpson started in 1987 on the Tracy Ullman shows, like the first time Bart Simpson ever appeared. That's crazy. Same year I was born. That's an old character. Um Ethan's also been around for 95, 96, and no. Yeah. Well, and then obviously so Mission Impossible was a television series. It was, it was first. a whole television series that became a movie series. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Bart, Bart doesn't age or if he has aged, it's been like so small, like, cause they, they obviously like reference old episodes and things. So it's like time has passed, but he's not like, Hey, you're graduating elementary school. <laughs> like that's yeah. not happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so he's limited in the same way that let's say Ash Ketchum was. Right. And, very differently from Ash, Bart's whole thing is like slice of life. Now he does get into very fantastical and insane. But those are usually justified. Yeah. Like those are like the fantastical stuff is usually like not real. You know what right. I mean? It's like here's some horror stories. Like you know, like like uh Treehouse of Horror is never real. But then like and so I'm gonna reference- literally stories in the universe that they're telling. Like Bart will be telling the story of or like someone will be like, here's a story. You know, like the the fantastical stuff doesn't necessarily happen 
to them. Well, isn't there there's a couple things that do happen to them, I believe. And correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, and I'm, my, everything I reference is going to be older Simpsons stuff because I stopped watching it a while back. Yeah, same. Um, I definitely fell off of it. But the characters are so set to who they are. Yeah. That it's kind of like, you know, uh, it kind of doesn't matter. If I already watched several years of it, I know who this character is. Um, but like there's the episode where they find what they thought were angels. And it was just like a skeleton that like it was like birds or yeah. like fish. So it looked like wings. Like what's the things? And then there was like the episode where they thought like an asteroid was going to come and destroy the planet. And it's so, like there's been like amazing things that have happened in the town. Like, yeah, with for sure. Con artists and events. Yeah. But like the really fantastical stuff. Yes. It's just fake. Yeah. Which is fun. Like it's a fun thing for them to do. Um, what do you what do you think Bart's biggest flaw is that Ethan would be able to exploit? Because obviously, who's going to throw down in a fight and win? It's going to be Ethan. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, ah, my whole thing with Bart was I just realized right now that like my whole thing was that he's the OG cool guy. But no, Ethan Hunt is cool. Yeah, he's super cool. He is so much cooler than Bart. He's so much cooler than Bart without a lot of the problems Bart that like James Bond has. Bart wanted to be him. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, what? Here's a great question, right? Because we got to figure this out with Bart. Is how great of a character is he if he is this one thing? Yeah. He's this very singular. Like he's not smart, but he's clever. Which I think like the show really plays to a very specific person, which either you're younger, so you relate to this kid, or you're the kind of person that like you just like watching like simple like stories like, oh, this kid's going to get in trouble for doing this and then he's going to try and get out of it and he's going to do something stupid and things will be crazy. But like the Simpsons, um, like the writers on it are brilliant because they, they know how to make everything seem relatable. Yeah. But like he never... Like, how much has he changed or Dude, grown? I don't know. That's, now, a good, that's a good point. How much has Ethan Hunt changed or grown? Cause, a lot. A uh, has lot. he? Okay, tell me about it. Right? Tell, I mean, you tell me, because I do feel like he's a little bit of a... He's, he's almost just like a machine. He's like a great white shark. Well, you know... <sighs> <sighs> he's just really cool, man. Okay. That's not a good argument. That's not an argument. Uh, but he's really cool. I guess he hasn't changed either, though. He, I mean, he's got, so he's got like an interesting story where, um, he's, he sort of had to leave his wife to protect her and he had to like fake his own death to do it. Yeah. And then he befriends people and he tries to look out for them and he's constantly always being sort of blamed for things that aren't his own fault. Yeah. And yet he still tries to do the right thing anyway, not just to clear his name, but to like save the world or save someone else. Um, but he is a bit of just like. He is a spy. That's who he is. Yeah. Like a little bit like Jason Bourne. Right. But he does have. But he's got an edge to him, man. Yeah. And he does have those personal relationships. Yeah. Like he does. He loves his friends. Like Simon Pegg being introduced into the series was definitely was one of the huge. best. I think that was awesome. Yeah. Best things they ever did. Um, Who's funnier? It's got to be Bart. Bart's definitely funnier. Who would you rather get a beer with? And let's say it's a barcade so you could bring either one of them. So let's say it's like a barcade that you they'll let you in if you know, you're under 21 to play the games. It's like a Dave and Buster's. If yeah. You have, that's like yeah. guardian. Oh, nice. Nice. I mean, I'd probably like to hang out with Bart. Okay. I like playing video games. So maybe I'm biased. I don't think Ethan would play video games. See, this is, this is where now I made, <laughs> I made different from you. 
So I feel like if I was going to Dave and Buster's, I would definitely bring Ethan because he would be so good at like ski ball. He would be so good at like every house of the dead kind of like anything that oh, has guns. He would. I went to um, the barcade here at Button Mash. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but it's there's this guy that goes to our barcade like once or twice like a week, and he plays um, Time Crisis, and he he plays both guns on a single playthrough and will beat the game what? solo. And he like dances while he does it. He has the whole thing down to like choreographed. Like he like knows when to put his guns down. He like lifts them back up. He has his own holsters on his spot. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen. That would be Ethan Hutt at the barcade. Dude, that's crazy. That would be Ethan I Hutt. I gotta see this this legend. Oh, I have a video. I'll show you. It's amazing. Um, so I don't know. I think I would bring him. I feel like he would, he would be be a, actually be a pretty fun hang. Because he knows how to have a good time. You know what I mean? He's not like too much of a machine. Like he he knows how to crack jokes with his friends and stuff. Yeah, that's true. You know? He's not, he is, you know, like James Bond, um, they've humanized him a lot more. And I think, I think maybe Ethan Hunt's kind of the same, actually. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so he's not, but like Bart, Bart isn't just a dumb kid. He's like really sweet and he has like a big heart. Yeah. Um, I would say that there is like maybe more emotional stuff to talk about with like Bart and his family than there is necessarily with Ethan because the stakes are always just so high with Ethan Hunt because you're right. only watching a Mission Impossible movies when the missions are impossible. Right. When they impossible! are grand scale. <laughs> like there's no Mission Impossible movie where it's like just a bank heist. Like where it's like lower like we can de-escalate a bit. Yeah. It's always something incredible. Crazy. Like, right. he doesn't just have to impersonate someone and get some, like, data and, like, leave. And then you watch the next hour and a half as he, like, hangs out and goes about his life. <laughs> That's a good point, man. Where 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 do we go with this from now? I'm trying. I'm having a hard time stating why Bart's a great character. I'm having a hard time finding the reason why. Well, I know I like him. You know, I grew up. Wanting he's to, relatable. Maybe I'm like, but even maybe because I'm older now, maybe I, I maybe it's like. Oh gosh, maybe I'm getting old because like I I think Homer's a better character. Yeah, see that's that's how you know you're getting older because when you start to watch cartoons or movies where there's like a kid and the parent, and even though the kid is like kind of the main character, you don't care about the kid anymore. You actually like start to you like you care about the parent more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I definitely feel like Homer is where the heart of the show is more than Bart. Yeah. And maybe early on Bart Simpson was where the heart of the show was. Right. But I feel like it's even become that with Homer, especially like the writer's been writing these characters for so long. They probably feel so much more like Homer Simpson than Bart Simpson now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I love Bart Simpson. I think he's an incredible character from a massive franchise. Um, but I do feel like we're in a bit of a Batman situation. And I'll say this. Like, I don't know if Ethan Hunt is necessarily that much greater of a character than Bart Simpson is either, though. Like, I don't I don't know if either I'm, I'm of them you on that. are... In terms for me, like what's selling Ethan Hunt for me right now is mm-hmm. like is the fact that that is that is basically Tom Cruise, and what I mean by that, <laughs> it's like it's literally. But what I mean by that is, like, I think it goes into the action, which is something we don't really talk about. Okay, but like the action for Ethan Hunt soars above like anything Bart for me. Yeah, like because he does all of that. He's actually doing that. Like, well, yeah, yeah. But then we're talking about the movie and not the no, character. No, no. But it, but it, uh, that's a good point. You know, but you can talk about what the character does and the things he does are incredible. And not 
here's the here's the thing that's so incredible about them, and this is unlike Jason Bourne and superheroes, is he does not have any sort of like physical augments. He is just a trained soldier. Yeah, that's exactly. it. Yeah. It is all skill and confidence and bravery and improvisation because he gets it wrong all the time. He screws up, but he does it anyway because he he knows he has to. Yeah, he puts himself at risk all, all the, the time. time. The idea that there's a character that would climb outside of the Burj Khalifa or hold on to a cargo plane like he's not Captain America like he doesn't have super strength no he's just a dude if he falls he's dead yeah so to me that's like what sells it I I can't really fight for Bart I feel like at the end of the day he's still like he does cool things he does like he's done things where he's been a part of like NSYNC and stuff like that but like is this a selfless versus selfish fight because bart simpson is one of the most selfish characters in all of television it might be that dude and and ethan hunt is like but almost the, the entirely reason, selfless i feel like the reasoning for him i because i don't think that's a, like the 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 deciding factor isn't necessarily that is that he's selfish but there's no real reason for it there's no you know what i'm saying like i feel like there's not really a reason for him to be like that yeah i mean he's just like an entitled child yeah. He's like a dumb entitled child, which I guess like when you're younger, it's very easy to be that way. Yeah. But like you kind of have to be. And this is like, again, the problem with Ash Ketchum, because like, look, I, I, I'll give you that like cartoon characters, like to have them change dramatically um, is a hard thing for you to do, because like the whole point is to be able to regurgitate stories and just keep making them over and over. We're going to run into the same thing we talk about SpongeBob. Same thing with Ash Ketchum. But if you're going to never let them grow up, it's like that character's like emotional state can only ever be so advanced. Mm-hmm. It's like that is like you're just you don't have like the kind of complex emotions that someone who's older and has gone through so many things is going to have. Yeah. So like when you watch uh, Inside Out. Yeah. And for the first time, the girl has an emotional like um, like a memory that's two toned. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this is like the first time she's experienced like she's happy and sad. Like she's figuring that out. Like when you're a kid, you just don't have as much of that. Right. Right. I, I'm willing to. to I, uh, I think I'm I'm oh ready to call this. I, you know. Matt, if we thought cutting Batman <laughs> was going to send us feedback. Oh, boy. <laughs> cutting Bart Simpson in his first match <laughs> against Ethan Hunt. Is gonna really bring the pain, but I'm ready. That's right. To tell Bart that this message is gonna explode in five seconds. Hey, <laughs> because he's gone, and Ethan Hunt. And now, yeah, he's moving on. I, you know what? I'll talk talk about an impossible mission. I did not think that was going to happen. That's Ethan Hunt, though. That's him. That's his whole thing. That's amazing, man. That's the final match, man. Of our first round, we have SpongeBob SquarePants versus Ethan Hunt. I'm gonna tell you right now, already off the bat, though. Mm-hmm. I know we brought up how like SpongeBob has a different thing. SpongeBob is different than than like Bart. Oh, I think SpongeBob is dramatically different than Bart. Dramatically Simpson. different, yeah. He, I mean, first of all, he's he's kind of dumb, like Bart, but his 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 dumbness isn't. Um, Bart Simpson thinks he he is smarter than everyone else all the time. Yeah, and he's actually kind of like an idiot. Whereas SpongeBob is very naive, but he does he does not think he is smart. But like he he's always wants to learn. Yeah, he always wants. He's hungry for it, mm-hmm. and he's like super empathetic, and you know, and he he wants to be people people's friends. He wants people to like him, you know. Um, All his mistakes come from being too naive and trusting. Because yeah. like whenever he sees something, it's like like 
And this is the thing that's so endearing about him. It's like a little kid whenever they're doing something for the first time and they're like, oh my God, have you seen this? And so he gets stuff wrong all the time because people take advantage of him for right. trusting them and being naive. He's like, you know, if some, someone came in and they were like, hey, SpongeBob, if you give me all of your money, someone said that you're going to have twice as much tomorrow. He'd be like, really? Here you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas like, that's very different for Bart. Man, it's, I love that character. Yeah. He's a great character. Um, what is your favorite thing about SpongeBob SquarePants? Honestly, my favorite thing about SpongeBob is that he, you know, people they see him his he's so he's a very positive outlook on life. And what I love about that is that yes, it does get him into these these, you know, these people taking advantage of him or people like manipulating him, but at the end of the day, he still triumphs over that because I to him that's his I think that's like one of his greatest strengths is his is balanced optimism that like even when he does feel sadness and feel it's like he always like finds a way to like get himself out of it and uh, and like it's 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 a, it's a strength you know what i mean and i feel like in in life in general people see optimism and happiness as like a flaw in people they they i feel like people were like like oh he, there's like he must be naive for being this happy but it's actually like a very po- like powerful ability to have yeah he's vulnerable yeah yeah yeah, he's trusting. Um, what's interesting about that is, I would say then my favorite thing about Ethan Hunt is his uh, willingness to face any challenge without actually knowing he's going to do it. He just he just knows he's going to try and figure it out. Like yeah. when something goes wrong for Ethan Hunt, his first reaction is rarely to stop and be like, "Oh God, I can't believe this is happening. What are we going to do?" He's just like immediately what are our options like he he's willing to accept whatever his reality is even if it's bad and just like great how do we find a solution for this so like ethan hunt is a character all about like creative problem solving and then he executes on it always like as perfectly as he can even though things will go wrong for him yeah so that's like a really interesting character to have because he's actually a bit like the doctor yeah because the doctor's a character of just mad improvisation absolutely and absolute optimism ethan hunt is as him and spongebob in common their biggest trait they're both optimists yes absolutely and they both believe in their crew like ethan is with like ghost protocol the biggest problem in ghost protocol for him is that like his team was holding out on each other and no one was being honest with each other and once like he overcame that with them and was like, hey, we need to like figure this out because like it doesn't matter like if we all think we're screwed, we still have to fix this. Yeah. So let's just dig in and do it. And like it was like on a personal level that they had to solve. It wasn't like and once they f- they they solved their inner problem, like that's a very SpongeBob move right there for him. It really is. He is a great character. He is a great character. Ethan Hunt is awesome. Yeah. This is a tough match. What do we, how do we got to start breaking this down? Okay, well. Ethan Hunt's going to win a fight. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. again, like, if SpongeBob's going to lose anywhere every time, it's probably going to be in a fight unless he goes up against right. It's Patrick, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, SpongeBob, I would say, has a bigger world. I think he's bigger worldwide. Like a bigger influence. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, for sure. Especially because he goes out to, to children and around the world. Um, but that's not, got, to, not to say that the Mission Impossible series is small. Uh, no, it's I, definitely not small. His his reach is greater, and if we were if we're if we're giving out points, right? If we're putting points on a board, yeah, I w- I would give it to SpongeBob there, but I don't think it's a 
a massive discrepancy. I think enough people have seen a Mission Impossible movie, um, but they probably don't feel the same way about him as they do maybe about SpongeBob. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Who's funnier? I would give to Sponge. Absolutely. Not that Ethan Hunt's not funny. He's got but some he's good not, clips. He's not hilarious. Yeah, SpongeBob's hilarious. SpongeBob is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to figure out who I'd rather hang out with, and. It's tough because I I actually think Ethan Hunt would be a lot of fun to hang with. And I think SpongeBob puts me in a weird scenario where as much as I love the guy and I think he's endearing, I feel like I'd be like watching him the whole time. Like I'd have to like it almost feel like babysitting a little bit. Yeah. Kind of like the problem I was worried about with Bart. Right. It's like I feel like I'd be babysitting them. And also they would just be like, oh, what's this? What's that? What's this? And it's like, oh, I enjoy that for like 20 minutes at a time, but not like (laughs) here where I want to like have fun. Yeah. And like hang, like I feel like SpongeBob doesn't have chill. Yeah, he doesn't. Like, like he's sort of a. He's a little. Yeah. He's always on. He's always on. That's like Squidward's biggest problem with him, right? Yeah. Let's. Oh, this is interesting. But let's look at who their rivals are. Yes. Like who are their biggest antagonists? Like with SpongeBob, we've got Squidward and Plankton, right? Yeah, yeah. Those are her two biggest problems. Right. You have someone that is like all chill, so he can't stand SpongeBob because he's no chill. Yeah. Which is Squidward. Right. Because Woodworks likes to have fun, but he's just like, he's like, I'm very particular. I like my things how I like them. And SpongeBob is like just chaos in a pineapple. Yeah, exactly. How would you describe Plankton as an enemy to SpongeBob? Um, Someone who sees a person like SpongeBob, someone who thinks he can manipulate someone who he thinks is naive, but is always outwitted by mm. it. You yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Plankton's almost like a Bart Simpson because he thinks he's smarter than he is. Yeah, exactly. I think he's also really jealous of SpongeBob. Exactly. I think so too. Yeah, I think so too, man. Now with Ethan Hunt, though, he has a variety of different enemies. Some from the inside of his own organization, mm-hmm. some expatriates from his own organization, and then just obviously foreign enemies. Yeah. Um, his enemies are very different because they're almost like he like fights against ideas. Yeah. Right. It's like I think the biggest weakness from all the Mission Impossible franchises is the bad guys are rarely as compelling as the good guys, which I think the newer movies have gotten more right than the maybe first two did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Ethan Hunt fights against bad ideas and fights for, I wouldn't say freedom because that sounds so lame. Yeah. But he does, he, he fights for like the safety of people. I get that. Right? Like for he, sure. He's, he's fighting, like his... You know, when SpongeBob goes up against Squidward and Plankton, he's like he's in sort of just like petty squabbles. Yeah. Right. It's, but but he also I mean, like SpongeBob also like saves the day and like goes out and like he's also very selfless. And, you know, if anything were to happen to his friends or the city he's in or even the world, he'd like step yeah. into it. But this is that's true, though. But I think if like I I didn't realize I was going down this lane. But of course, this is why we do have these categories now, because it's just it ends up being what we discuss. But like, really, this is fictional impact. It's got to go to Ethan, though. So like even like like there might be a couple like grand things SpongeBob has done, but most of them are petty. Like they're mostly about like selling Krabby Patties or getting a driver's license or like just. He's like, I'm going to start doing X and somehow it's like really popular and someone's like jealous and they're like, I'm going to try and do Y. And then they're like, why isn't this working for me? Darn you, SpongeBob. Yeah. Whereas like Ethan Hunt's like, okay, well, I just saved San Francisco from a nuclear strike. But SpongeBob brought Christmas to Bikini Bottom, so. I mean, 
It was pretty Come easy. On. <laughs> uh, shipping. Ethan. Shippable. This is interesting, though, because I shipped SpongeBob and Sandy so hard. Yeah. Well, like, I always well, like, actually, I was always SpongeBob fighting for and, them. Well, SpongeBob and Patrick. I've never shipped SpongeBob and Patrick. I'm sure there are a lot of people that have. A lot have. of people that shipped that. But I thought SpongeBob was, like, into Sandy. In the beginning, I think he's, he's like, bye. Or, I mean, like, shippability has nothing to do with actual character orientation either. Anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But um, I ship him and Sandy. Like, yeah. You know, that Larry guy always got in the way. I guess, like, it's, it's in, I don't know how much I, I think about Ethan Hunt as, like, a shippable guy. But, like, it actually is sort of an ongoing thread for his character. Especially since he had to sort of leave his wife. And then he meets, like, you know, a new love yeah. interest. Who it's like, oh, are they a bad guy or a good guy? Like it's, you know, and then he has to deal with that. It's a little James Bondy, but not in the same way that you get like these sort of problematic Bond girls. Right. Like he actually cares about them. He does. Um, I think I would give it to Ethan. He's, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a little bit sexier shipping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's it's hard to ship a sponge. <laughs> yeah. You know what though? Here's here's what I'll say with this. SpongeBob seems more shippable on the surface but i think that's because it's more of a funny meme and it just goes back to laugh factor actually for spongebob yeah his shipability it's like when you're talking about actual ships like ethan hunt is like an actual like the only like real ship that i think people have cared about is like spongebob and sandy maybe spongebob and patrick but i feel like that's never it's also partially like a lot of like oh i can't like spongebob and sandy like like no one actually like it's it's almost like a meme right it's right. a joke yeah, I totally get that. Um, Ethan, I gotta give that to Ethan, dude. You want to give this to Ethan? No, no, no. The shipping. Okay. Yeah, I I would give it to Ethan. Here, you're you're getting home. Okay. You come home just after work. You don't have to record a podcast. You've got three hours. Do you put on like six episodes of SpongeBob or Mission Impossible Four? I'm gonna watch SpongeBob. Okay. Why? It's just a, like it doesn't. It feels like just hanging out with a friend rather than Mission Impossible. I love it. But it feels like a chore. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. I mean, you have to be. Ethan Hunt doesn't offer you uh, a low stakes experience. Yeah. SpongeBob does. Right. Now let's say it is like the weekend. You're gonna want to go out and do something. It's like you and your girlfriend's like, do you want to go see the new Mission Impossible or do you want to stay in and watch the latest episode of SpongeBob? If it's a weekend. Probably go see the new Mission Impossible. Right. Okay. I was just curious if there's like an option like where every time you're going to pick SpongeBob over right. Mission Impossible. But really, it's circumstantial. It totally is. Because the idea that like him being a casual character, being low stakes is better than high stakes. It's sort of like they're both sort of, I, I mean, I don't want to call them one dimensional characters, but like they do always offer like you're always at this level with SpongeBob and you're always at this level with Mission Impossible. They like these characters don't exist outside of like where they've escalated to or not escalated to. Who has more memorable moments? Oh, because I kind of to me, I remember I have so many SpongeBob, but maybe it's because I've seen it like as a kid. Yeah, oh. there's also like, I mean, that show's been on for like. Like it went off the air and then it came back on. Like I don't know even how many seasons there have been, but there's there's got to be at least a hundred episodes, right? Yeah. Like like at minimum, I think. Like I could just think there's so many quotable things from SpongeBob. Oh yeah, there's hundreds of episodes actually. There's twelve. There's it's about to have its twelfth season, or and then there's like the movie. It had its twelfth season or something. Yeah, and then there's the movie. Jeez, sounds like a lot of hoopla. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's. 
there's a it looks like maybe about 200 episodes of the show well, that's not so bad. i mean the idea that you'd have more memorable moments of spongebob it just it has to be just a yeah. sheer like quantity yeah. i i would say though my memorable moments of spongebob okay here you go matt of your favorite moment in spongebob or mission impossible which do you care about more your favorite spongebob moment or your favorite mission impossible moment probably spongebob moment i know why i feel like it's just something i can always come to like it's it, i i find myself talking about spongebob all the time dude like with uh, um, like at bars among friends it's like something that i feel like spongebob you can bring up spongebob and there's like a 90 percent chance that that person knows exactly what you're talking about you know what i mean absolutely i think there's something universal about him there is there's definitely something universal about him and i think it's similar to the thing that's universal about bart simpson but i don't think bart could be ethan because i don't think um i don't think he has as unique ability to be flexible in who his character is whereas spongebob does he's got he, he, we've seen his highs and his lows yeah you know but bart mostly needs to be bart but yeah. like spongebob can really change yeah. and he they've shown him grow as a character from time to time and like he's gotten better at doing things but like there are there are the pitfalls of being a cartoon character is that you can only ever change so much mm-hmm. um i'd say like also he's more original of a character and authentic yeah than ethan hunt is like there's a lot of things that i think ethan was winning at so far it's like i'd probably rather hang out with him he's more shippable he's a better fighter he's more intelligent he's got a bigger impact on his world right but like SpongeBob has a bigger impact on our world. I'd say in some ways, maybe there's been more growth for his character. Yeah. His interpersonal relationships are incredibly important. He's such an original character. Uh, he's very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Ethan, like as much like there are like slower moments that are great. Right. It's like there's like no slice of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would be willing to call this. I'm really, I'm ready to call it too, man. I'm ready to. Okay, I, I, you know what, Matt, you I do just, the honors. Ah, man. What? Oh, do you have? I, I just feel like I love Ethan so much. He's a great character, but I think he, he's, he just lacks that. He's just like so much a hundred percent. We said that. You know, it's fascinating. We said that in the beginning that SpongeBob was always a hundred percent, but we, I feel like we've seen him like have the slice of life, have the ups and downs. Well, I feel like Ethan, because of just the circumstance of being presented as, you know, a mission impossible, is always like, he's like literally a machine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's why, like, I really think, uh, when I think about him, like, I he's like, he's like a great white shark. Yeah. You know? It's like, he just feeds. He's like an eating machine. Yeah. But for killing bad guys. Exactly. Or retrieving data, being a spy. Like, right. that's what he does. Um, And they give us, like, little glimpses of who he is on this, like outside perspective and they always seem great yeah but um i think the world is a better place for having spongebob squarepants i think so too and i think ethan hunt is just a better modern take on like sort of a james bond or he's just another alternate take because i actually really do like james bond because it's just like they offer just different things they're just they're just very different things yeah for sure Um, he's a more modern take on it yeah absolutely so well guys you know, you know who it is, who lives in the pineapple under the sea. SpongeBob SquarePants. That's right. He's going on. Do everybody do the sponge? Well, you stick a little hand and you put it in the air. You put it in the other one. You put it up there. 
Shove your stuff around. Now you're doing the sponge. Do the sponge, sponge. Do the sponge. But do what we do. I really thought you were just going to tell Ethan, like, it looks like this mission wasn't possible. That, I mean, I thought we did. Didn't we do that? No, earlier? I think I said something like, "Oh, you said this message will self-destruct." Yeah, message that's why I didn't do that. Oh, that's good. Well, but maybe I did. I don't know. Well, it was an impossible mission. What does he say at the end of four when he hits the computer and like he's like about to die? Does he, he like hits the abort button? Does he say like "mission complete" or something? Yeah, something like that's that. Great, that's such a great moment, man. Man, SpongeBob's going on. He's the winner of first winner of Division Four, man. Let's get that bucket. See who we got. We got three more rounds, and then. Well, next week we'll find out who SpongeBob will be facing, and then we got two more rounds after that, and then whoever wins that matchup will yeah. fight the winner of there's, this matchup. There's a lot more matches. There's to a lot come. more matches to come. <laughs> so I'm just gonna pull some names real quick. I do the SpongeBob. Do the Sponge. All right, our first character for match number two is Franklin from the Grand Theft Auto series. Oh, GTA Five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. And Franklin is going to be going up against. Ophelia from Pan's Labyrinth. That's the little girl, right? Oh, man. Dude. Dude. That's a great movie. That's a great, great movie. Uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark also was a very good uh, spooky movie. It was also directed or produced or directed produced by Guillermo del Toro. Anyways. Anything that man touches. Great. Dio Guillermo. Why don't you read the next one? Uh, I think you're ahead of me. Christian. I got to tell you, I don't even know where the scene is on this one. <laughs> We got it. It's going to be an important one. There we go. I think I got it. Okay, got it. I got it. I got it. All right. Next up, we have... Dude. Yo. Next up, we have, all the way from Hyrule, Princess Zelda. Whoa. Princess Zelda. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Princess Zelda's going up against Buzz Lightyear. Oh. To oh infinity my. and beyond. That's that's a tough that's that's a rough one. That's a rough match. So we've got Franklin, we've got Ophelia, Buzz Lightyear, and okay, so we have a good round of characters from all over the place. That's exciting. Yeah, that is very exciting. That's that's awesome. Uh Matt, you can be found at where? The Matt Acevedo. And on your other podcast? Ah oh yeah. I'm really bad at plugging myself. Guys, check out Hit Points, uh, our video game podcast with me, Emily Rose Jacobson, and Naeem Stewart, part of the Zeitheist Network. It is, uh, it's like we, we talk games. Yeah, it's, it's like, great. But it's like, we're nicer. Yeah, yeah it's a great fun hour of games. Yeah. Yeah. Check us out. Um, and then I'm at Christian underscore Humes, and we're at UFC Pod, and we'll see you next week. Stay on the hunt. Ethan. Ethan? Hunt. Oh! <laughs>